Welcome to True Crime Daily. Even though the stories you'll hear are short, they are very much intended for an adult audience. The stories you'll hear cover some very serious subject matter, and they contain content that will be alarming for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1994, two big things happened to the 23-year-old Quinn Witherspoon. He married Misty, and he began work as a police officer in North Carolina. Over the next 11 years, the couple would welcome three children, and by 2005, Quinn was a canine officer at the Concord Police Department. Unfortunately though, their marriage had been falling apart for some time now. Financial woes weighed heavily on them. While Quinn was responsible for earning the money, Misty was responsible for running the house, paying the bills and the mortgage. She was great at spending the money on anything and everything other than the bills and the mortgage. Threats from the utility companies were becoming commonplace. Quinn even had to borrow money from one of his supervisors to pay the mortgage. Naively, Quinn was unaware of the full extent of the family's financial situation. It wasn't until he began receiving calls for an unpaid credit card that was in he and Misty's name that he became somewhat aware. This prompted a visit to the bank where Quinn was now beginning to see the bigger picture. A credit report showed a number of creditors that he was unfamiliar with credit cards and loans that were all going unpaid. Quinn took a personal loan to begin paying back some of this debt. He would set up a direct debit from his paycheck so the responsibility was far away from Misty. But things just kept getting worse. Quinn served at the local church as the treasurer, giving Misty easy access to the church's funds. Access that Misty would use to steal $18,000 from the church. The church discovered the theft and agreed that if it was paid back, they would not file a police report. So much money was owed to creditors, utility companies and the bank that Misty would carry the home phone in her bag when she was out so that Quinn would never be able to answer the phone to a debt collector. On the one occasion that the family were away, Misty had a friend go into their house, listen to and write down all the messages from debt collectors on the answering machine and then clear the machine. Again, so Quinn would not come home and hear messages from debt collectors. It was at this point now where there was 10 to 15 calls a day were coming in from people trying to collect money from Misty. On the 13th of September 2005, Misty was again on the phone with the power company. The bill had gone unpaid for months and they were threatening disconnection. This was a call Misty did not want Quinn knowing about. She whispered into the phone while he napped on the couch. Within half an hour of that call to the power company, Misty was on the phone again. This time it was to 911. She was reporting that she'd accidentally shot her husband. The police arrived and they found Quinn face down on the couch where he'd been napping. Blood was on Misty's shorts and shirt. Drops of blood were on her hands and feet. She told police that she was getting something down from the bookshelf when her husband's gun fell. When taking the gun to Quinn so that he could put it away, she slipped on a book and the gun fell against Quinn, going off by accident. Misty kept repeating her story as police continued to interview her, but things were not adding up for the police. Where they found the shell casing did not match to where she claimed to be standing. The hand that she was holding the gun in did not match to how the bullet had hit Quinn. As police continued to press her, the story changed. Now she was suicidal from the financial stress 
and finding the gun was something that she took as a sign to end it all. Police bought neither the original nor the new story. Misty was charged with first degree murder. Her trial ended up taking place two years after the murder and her story was torn apart in court. The way Quinn was shot meant the gun would have had to have been no more than six inches away from him. It was put to Misty that she knew the power was going to be shut off and that Quinn would finally become aware of how dire their financial situation was. Misty shot and killed Quinn so he wouldn't see the power being shut off so that he would not find out about the financial trouble. Her defense was heavily weighted to her being suicidal. They argued that Quinn was no more than a victim to Misty's suicide attempt. The prosecution landed a devastating blow when they bought evidence of Quinn's life insurance. Misty stood to benefit close to $200,000 from Quinn's death. She was found guilty of first degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without parole. <laughs> 